0: Welcome. First of all, welcome. This is Unsolicited Perspectives. I'm Bruce Anthony, your host here to lead the conversation in important events and topics that are shaping today's society. Join the conversation by following us wherever you get your audio podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get our video podcast rate, review, like, comment, Share. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Hell, even share with your enemies. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Dr. Avram Weiss. He's a psychologist, author, and speaker. And we're going to be talking about men's fears of women. But that's enough of the intro. Let's get to the show. <laughs> I'm really excited today to interview Dr. Weiss. So like I said at the top, he's a psychologist, author, and speaker. Um, He writes frequently for Psychology Today. He's he's written four separate books. His recent book and what we're going to be talking about today is called Hidden in Plain Sight, How Men's Fears of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships. And I think this is a really, really interesting subject because I... I'm evolving, trying to evolve. You, the people that listen to the show frequently understand that I am trying to evolve as a person and trying to be more in tune to my emotional side, but this is often something that men have trouble with. And... We're going to examine exactly why men have this trouble. And, uh, you know, I can't plug his book enough. I'm going to buy the book, um, Hidden in Plain Sight, How Men's Fears of Women Shape Our Intimate Relationships, because I want to have better intimate relationships. And I know through this conversation and by reading this book, I will learn something and grow as a person. So enough of my jibber jabber. Let's get to the interview. (laughs) like i said in the intro i have dr avram weiss a psychotherapist an author and speaker welcome to the show
1: thank you bruce good to meet you good talk with you
0: it's good to meet you and talk to you as well and, and ladies and gentlemen i'm going to let you know that we're, we're starting off on a on a slow foot because i messed up the time <laughs> we know that i don't like being tardy but i was tardy and dr weiss has been kind enough to do this interview, and I'm messing up his schedule, so I want to apologize about that. It's okay. All right. So, Dr. Weiss, can you tell me a little bit about your background and what inspired you to become a psychologist?
1: I have always been interested in people. And uh, like when I was a teenager, I would do this strange thing. I would walk by people on the sidewalk, and then when they passed me, I found I would kind of copy the way they were walking to see what it felt like. So I've just always been interested in people. And then I sort of found out that was a job. And so I naturally gravitated towards it. So you have
0: a natural curiosity to understand what people are experiencing in their own life. Yeah, I've always been interested. Okay. So how did that, how did that spark lead you into your field today?
1: Well, for example, uh, the last book I wrote is about men and men's fears of women, and uh, that came about because I was working with a lot of men, and I was listening to them talk, and they talked all the time about the things they didn't like about their partners, and it hmm. would be a litany of complaints about, uh, and most of them were things that uh, things their wives or girlfriends were unhappy with them about. She wants me to do this. She doesn't like this, 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 this. And so I would sort of naively ask, because therapists ask questions like this, and I would say things like, well, have you talked to her about that? Because that's mm-hmm. the kind of question therapists ask. And they would look at me like I just asked the stupidest question in the world. Like, of course not. Like, it's obvious I haven't talked to her about it. And I'd say, why not? And they'd mm-hmm. say, because it would make things much worse if I talked to her about it and gradually it became clear to me that they didn't talk to her about it because they were afraid to talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. And so I started checking that out with them, but, but it, you understand, I'm sure you understand that you don't casually suggest to a man that he's afraid of a woman, at least not within swinging distance. Right? Right. This is correct. So I started very carefully suggesting to guys that it kind of sounds like you're afraid to talk to her. And I got the same response every damn time. Mm -hmm. So the first part of the response was like the, you know, the bow up, kind of like, what you talking about? Right. But then that lasted less than 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that very quickly was followed by kind of like a look of realization would come over their face and they would look at me and they'd go, huh, you know, that would explain a lot. And then we would start going back through everything that we'd been talking about with that idea and all the things that had not made any sense up till then. We'd go back through them all with the idea of him being afraid of her and they all started making a lot more sense. So it's like, it's like we found the key and everything started making a lot more sense.
0: We can get in, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but okay. I'm sure there's a connection that goes from not just their partner, but maybe family members, sisters, oh, yeah. aunts. Mothers, yes. uh, I know personally in my own life I can be brutally honest to everybody except for except. the women in my life, yes, except yeah. for the women in my life because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, I, my, my, not just, my, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. okay, so, um, for my mother, yes, for my sister, uh, I'm kind of scared of what her response will be because right. she's smarter than I am, and for the females I'm dating, it is genuinely just, uh, for me personally, it, yes. it's genuinely just, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So
1: I'll because, keep certain things. Okay. Now, if you're going to put yourself out there like that, now we got to talk Let's do about it. it. Let's do it. Okay. Because you don't want to hurt their feelings because what happens if you hurt their feelings?
0: They're sad.
1: Yeah. Okay. If you hurt their feelings, uh-huh. then how will they feel towards you?
0: I guess they'll be upset at me. And then? I mean, they'll just start they, crying. I can't and, deal with the crying. Right, and, and, right, and, right.
1: And then yeah. they will not like you and disapprove of you. And Okay, so I,
0: I yeah. get where you're going with that, the disapproval. Um, I guess I never thought of it. And right. I guess this That's is the right. point that you're making. That's exactly is that, right. Thank, is you. That Thank men, you for
1: making my point for me.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Is that men go through this Yes, and and they don't realize. And what you're saying is, and we've we, we jumped the gun. This was stuff that I wanted to hit in the second segment, but we're here now. So what you're saying is, is that a lot of men are f- afraid of women, but maybe not in the aspect of which they think, like, I'm... I could be afraid of another guy because of a physical confrontation, yes. right? There's a physicality yes. to it, but this yeah. is more of an emotional
1: yes, fear. exactly. Yes, right. Because women are not bigger than you. You're not worried. It's going to punch in the mouth. Look. I
0: don't know if you watch MMA, but there's a lot of women out here. <laughs> okay.
1: That, okay. Matter of fact,
0: two of my two of the recent women that I dated, one of them was a semi-pro MMA fighter, and okay. another one was by trained, and large, by large, not, yes, by large, by and large, uh,
1: it's not physical.
0: So, okay. Since we jumped the gun, let's talk about this book that you wrote. Can you explain okay. to my audience uh, about the book that you wrote that deals specifically with this subject?
1: Yes, yes. So I wrote the book because. This just started happening again and again and again and again and again in my office. And then so I started, I learned to ask this question of men. And it just seemed like it just fit for every straight guy that I talked with. It just seemed to be true for every guy. Mm-hmm. And, and just like my conversation with you, that's exactly how it went every time. At first, they'd be like, no, it's not me. But then, like, how long did it take before you understood exactly where it's like? A minute? Two minutes. Two minutes? Two right. minutes. So yes. that's, like, on the long end of how long it takes guys to understand it. And then, like, this happened with my son. Like, at first, he's like, no, nope, not true. Not of me. And then he comes back in the room a minute later, and he's like, so do you mean, like, when I was younger and I would, like, be at a party and, and afraid to talk to the prettiest girl in the room. I'm like, yes, son, that's what I'm talking about. Like it like almost like, yeah, yeah. It's almost Mm -hmm. like I've yet to meet a straight guy that this isn't true of. And so then I started thinking like, well, how come everybody doesn't know this? It's so, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you learn something and then you see it everywhere and you wonder, how come everybody does? How does people not know this? It seems mm-hmm. so obvious to me. So then I started writing the book about it because it became like something I couldn't not see. It seems mm-hmm. so obvious to me that I sort of had to write about it because I didn't understand. And then I said, it started getting people started saying to me, this was unbelievably helpful. This is like, this has really changed things for me. This has helped in my marriage. This has helped in my life. And so I don't, I see I get comfortable. I get uncomfortable immediately because I don't it annoys the hell out of me when people talk about discovering something because I don't think anybody discovers anything. I think people just reformulate things and put things together. So I I don't think I just feel like I sort of channeled something that was already like people wrote about this 120 years ago. Freud wrote about this. And then Okay. <clears throat> I mean, Freud wrote about castration anxiety. What the hell is that?
0: mm mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know what is castration well, I anxiety.
1: I mean, I just mean literally what is it? Yeah, I okay, mean, literally. Right? Li- okay.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, yes, no man right. that I know of it, it doesn't have a fear of his member being taken right. away from okay. him. Okay, so we have medicines. We have right. medicines to make sure that our member continuously works, despite right. the fact how old do we get. So yeah, okay, okay. I understand what you're so
1: saying. So if Freud wrote about castration anxiety, obviously he was thinking about fear of women, because who would mm. castrate you? But a woman. Also, if you look back. Centuries ago, centuries and centuries ago, almost every culture has images of what in Spanish we call vagina dentata. You don't know okay. Spanish, to know what that is? No, I don't. Teeth. Teeth, okay. Vaginas with teeth. So okay. Like-
0: Why would vaginas, why would they, okay, I'm trying to get the connection here.
1: Why would ancient cultures, like all Mm -hmm. the ancient cultures, African cultures, Asian cultures, European cultures, Asian cultures, they all had statues and paintings of vaginas with teeth. What were they saying? Why would they have images of vaginas with teeth? I don't
0: know. They're just just, afraid, afraid of losing their member because of a woman. Well,
1: Uh, in particular, but in particular, what, what act like, don't be vulnerable with women or you'll lose your manhood. It's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. So that's a common, that's a common problem now, uh, with the alpha male mentality. And a lot of my friends, uh, a lot of my guy friends joke on me. Because I try to be emotionally in tune, especially mm-hmm. when I'm in relationships to try yeah. to understand and be a part of my partner. And they say, no, that men are just supposed to do what we do and be providers. Right. And, you know, that's that's what we are. That's what a man is. And I was like, you know, I don't I don't really feel like it's a lot of misogyny. So how do they're you They're coming
1: from they're coming from where those cultures are all like, don't be vulnerable because she'll bite it off.
0: Right. So when you're working with your clients and they come to this realization that they have the these fear of, of women and some of them probably uh, identify as, quote unquote, alpha males. How do you get past the misogyny of? Hey, you got to be open to yeah. your female. You can't be closed off.
1: Well, it, it's a great question. I love your question. And here's the thing. You can't push somebody. Mm -hmm. And so I would never say you got to be because you don't have to be. Well, yeah, true. you, You can be as lonely and miserable as you are now for the rest of your life. Be my guest. But when you get tired of being as lonely and miserable and depressed and suicidal as you are now, then let me know, and I'd be happy to tell you how you can be happier and not so lonely and not so miserable. When you get sick of enough of how your life is going now, then I absolutely can tell you how to be happier, but mm-hmm. that's up to you.
0: Okay, and, and when they come to this realization, especially the way you just described it, I want to be happier. What are the things that I need to do? And there, I have a lot of men out here that are listening, and at the first glance, I know what they thought this interview was going to be. Yeah. He's well, going to tell us, he's going to tell us that the women need to stay in their place. And then we're fine just the way we are. And they're slowly yeah, realizing that's, that's that the, was not the way that we were going with this. So how do you, with, for those men that are listening to this and yeah. maybe got that realization, just as you described, your clients are getting right. And that minute, and they're like, oh, I am afraid of a woman. And they say okay. to themselves, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to open up and be vulnerable to a woman. I don't want to be afraid anymore. What are some of the things that they can do uh, to start to move in that direction?
1: Well, my answer is gonna be a little counterintuitive because it starts starts in a direction that might surprise you and might surprise them, which is it doesn't start with women, it starts with men. It starts with other men. Because it is too threatening to start with a woman because there's too much baggage. There's too mm-hmm. much fear. It's too intimidating to start off being vulnerable with a woman. So I had an experience. I've been running groups with men for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And most therapists, first of all, therapists uh, <laughs> therapists gossip terribly about men. And, and okay. part, of my, part of my crusade is I've been going around the country doing workshops for men and giving therapists a lot of crap about the way they talk about men which I Can love. Can you give me
0: work. an example of some of this not um, direct gossip but no a, no a, a, a idea absolutely of what talk-
1: direct gossip. <laughs> I'll give you direct <laughs> gossip. So there's a there is a, a book that uh, is a book written for women who want to work with male clients. Okay. And they basically talk about men like they're retarded. They hmm. they basically talk about men like 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 you would treat a retarded child. Mm-hmm. And and they basically say, so when you work with men, you have to really be careful, and they're not very good with feelings, and so you have to kind of dumb it down for them. And so um, I said to the author that she's teaching this in a mm-hmm. class, and I said, imagine if you'd written that paragraph about African-American clients, mm-hmm. you, you would be brought up before a licensing board. Mm-hmm. If you'd written, or about gay clients, or you know, or anybody else, imagine if you'd written about, but why is it that we think you can say things like that about men and nobody seems to mind?
0: Hmm. Is it because of society's view of men and that yes. we should just be able to just take anything?
1: Yeah, well, because we think men are, are stupid, because we think men are emotionally retarded, and, 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 and uh, I'll give you another perfect example. If you go to the computer right now to Google and and you type in the word narcissist,
0: mm-hmm. what, w-
1: what will come up on your screen?
0: Uh, oh, isn't it a picture of a
1: man? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and it's going to be the worst insults you've ever seen. And more importantly, it's, it's un- I don't know if this is a word, uncurable. So in my day, when we talked about narcissism in school, we talked about how to treat narcissism. It was
0: considered treatable. it was yeah, I just thought a, narcissism was a spectrum. There's a yes, difference between everybody has a form of narcissism. There's yes. a difference between narcissism and a narcissist well,
1: well here's a here's a a little factoid for you uh, on the it's a test MMPI. it's a personality test. Graduate students in psychology have an the average graduate in psychology has an elevation in the narcissistic scale. How about that? <laughs> okay so now we were we were taught we were trained in how to deal with narcissism in psychotherapy but now narcissism is just another way of talking about men and it is Mm. now considered so all the articles online are oh 10 10 tips for spotting a narcissist and the solution is always get the hell as far away as you can it's never like to be nice to him how to help him it no it's 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 like a disease for which there is no cure another example yeah
0: yeah the younger generation says that toxic men toxic men is just another form of saying a narcissistic male uh but i know a lot of toxic women out there too by the way right
1: but it's never done with any compassion or empathy it's a death sentence. If you, mm-hmm. you know, once you have, the, you know, sorry to use this term, the N word put mm-hmm. on you, it's like, that's a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's it. You know, tell all your friends, Fred is a narcissist. Stay as far away as you can. So mm-hmm. again, this is all, I've forgotten the term, the opposite of misogyny is androgyny, I think is the word. It's not androgyny. I miss, i forget the word, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's male bashing. hmm and that's just become perfectly acceptable in the culture. So
0: when you say the first step is for mm-hmm. men not to go to women, but to go to men. Other men. What do you, other men. What do you mean by that?
1: <clears throat> what I mean is, uh, this, there's a chapter in the book which is very important to me. And that is, it's a sort of it's, a, it's almost like a set of instructions for other men, how to find other men who want to have real conversations with other men about these issues and so it's a chapter like basically says how to find basically what i suggest is form a book group with mm-hmm. other men because that's not threatening if you mm-hmm. if you go to other guys and say hey you want to have a consciousness raising group they're not going to do it <laughs> or if you go to guys right but if you go to the guys and say would you like to have a book group mm-hmm. and use this book as a way of just a conversation starters mm-hmm. you know And get together, I think guys would be willing to do that, especially because the title is sort of interesting. Right. Um, And use it to get guys together who would be interested in talking about this kind of stuff. And hopefully after you finish the book, you would keep meeting and talking Mm -hmm. and uh, use that group to learn how to talk with other guys about not just sports, but yourselves. Learn how to learn how to talk more about more personally, more openly And develop those skills, learn how to be comfortable talking more personally, more open. So the the story I was going to tell you is I started doing groups with men 15 years ago. And I remember the first night, I remember standing outside the room thinking, this is the worst idea I've ever had. This is is going to be awful. They're going (laughs) to talk about business. They're going to talk shop. They're going to talk sports. They're going to talk politics they're not gonna do any real work. It's gonna be the most boring night of my professional life. Well, mm-hmm. it was the opposite. It was one of the most open, personal, first groups I've ever done. And within you know a month or two, these guys are, are like opening up and being vulnerable in ways I couldn't, I'd never seen in a mixed group. Hmm. And my men's groups are the only groups, I've been doing groups for 50 years, My men's groups are the only groups where people look each other in the eyes and talk about loving each other. And I don't mean I love you, bro. I mean, like looking at each other and talking about love. I mean, it breaks every stereotype out there.
0: It seems like what you're describing to me. And it's funny because uh, you're breaking an addiction. Seems like it's, it's similar to like AA or um, or NA meetings where people are open and vulnerable yeah, and make a connection. Yes, yes. And I would say it's it is breaking an addiction to the mindset that these men used to have. Yes. That I think that it's a bonds good, them and yeah. grows them closer. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here, and welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives today. I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately the importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness, or gearing up for festival seasons, or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go to for all things hydration Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get 5 essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, <laughs> let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon-lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of Liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, Liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, Vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest. But it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember, folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. Okay, Dr. Weiss, this men's group, I'm all for it. I want to join the men's group. But I want to talk about specifically, uh, just like with AA and NA, uh, these meetings where these people are curing themselves of a disease and addiction, for this particular one, I want to say the addiction is uh, the closed-minded, closed-off emotions of men. What are some of the triumphs and failures? Because just in any group, some people get it and stick with it, and some people don't.
1: Yeah. Let me start a half step back and say, the only my only issue with talking about this addiction is what I've actually come to believe is that we've all been sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. So I don't... I think this is how men naturally are. I think that we've all been sold a bill of goods to think that men are naturally closed and shut down and withdrawn. And I think that's a load of crap. I think Uh, men are as naturally open and sharing and as women are.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a learned. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah, This is a learned thing from society. Society. Right. I I, I use the example of the, two little kids hurt themselves. One's a, uh, a boy, one's a girl. They both start crying. Yeah. Little girl gets consoled. The little boy says, Hey, little yes. boys don't cry. Right. 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 So look, I get that. Yeah. It is, it is that, but uh, and an addiction might not be the right word. It's right. a, no, it's I, a I mindset.
1: Just, I wasn't correcting mindset. you. I would just mm-hmm. wanted to, it was an opportunity to make that point because I think we forget because we become so overlaid with the culture There's really very interesting research, and probably all of us remember, you know, my friendships with guys when I was a kid. I was as close, and the research confirms boys are as close with their guy friends as girls are with their girlfriends. Mm -hmm. We have very, very intense, close, you know, we had sleepovers and we played Mm -hmm. together every day after school. You know, my mom had to drag me inside. You know, I mean, we're not deficient in interpersonal emotional skills it's all just mucked up and covered over but it's all there but but men come to believe that we're deficient we we (laughs) buy into this bill of goods
0: okay so (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's so triumphs and because, failures, yeah.
0: yeah, the triumphs and failures, but it's funny, I want to make a personal aside because I have uh-huh. uh, three best friends, one's a female and the other two are, are, are guys. And my two guy friends have known each other since they were eight years old. We're all in our mid 40s now. So they've known each other since they were eight years old. I've known both of them since I was 16, so over 30 years. And we're close. Even though there's distance, they have families now, we still have a group chat and talk. That bond is really, really close. Now, one of my friends, I will say, I love you, too. And he will say it back because I just had a birthday celebration last summer. They came out and I said, hey, guys, I love you. One of them said it back. And I told the other one, hey, man, I love you. Go ahead, man. Stop with that stuff. Hey, man, I love you. He just that I know he does. He just doesn't say it. Uh, And and I know that that I know he does. I know he loves me. I know that he would do just about anything for me. But he just has a hard time saying those words. Right. Uh, but the triumphs and the failures of this men's group, uh, what are some examples of, of some situations where men have really come through and, and really learned something? And then there's other situations where maybe the development didn't quite get to where you wanted to.
1: Well, I mean, on a simplest level, probably half the guys in the group have, have stopped drinking over the course of the group wow. Yeah. Which is, you know, considering these are guys, you know, in their forties and up, this is pretty, and, and we're not a recovery group, right? You know, so it's not like that's a focus of the group. It's just guys who have gotten to a point in the group where they're like, you know what, this is really, I'm on a path here to having a better life. And I'm realizing more and more that this is in the way of my having a better life. And so I don't want to do this anymore.
0: So they're not alcoholics, but, but do you think Well, that... in some
1: cases they were.
0: Oh, okay. In some cases they were. Yeah. But, but So they, they're not coming there, like you said, for, for a recovery. No, right. It's
1: not a, not a recovery group.
0: But do you think that some of these men, I know you can't speak for all of them or say definitively, but but for some of these men that- Part of the reason why they were drinking is because they felt like they couldn't express themselves emotionally.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would say the largest the largest outcome in this group, if you were looking to measure something, would be their ability to feel what they feel, express what they're feeling, and to connect with another person in a deep emotional way. Hmm. So th- there are a number of people. So... There, there are a lot of times where, where something, someone will start talking about someone in the group, something in the group, someone who's been in the group a number of years, and someone in the group will just sort of interrupt them and go, you know, what you're saying is important, but I really have to interrupt you to say, I can't believe the way you're talking about this. I remember when you came into group, and it was three months before you said a word. You know, Mm -hmm. you sort of sat here quietly for months, unable to even sort of formulate a sentence about what was going on with you. And now you're just sort of talking on and on and on about how you are and what's going on with you an in-depth sort of open expression of how you feel like it was nothing, like Mm -hmm. it was just the easiest thing in the world for you to do. So that's sort of the most obvious. And then that's going on at home. You know, Mm -hmm. we had a sort of interesting thing uh, just being creative one night one of the guys in group who was pretty emotionally constricted and came into group talking about not knowing how he felt and not knowing what an emotion was, was just really crying and really emoting and, and a lot of deep feelings. He had, he had a pretty, a very emotionally restrictive background, a very conservative charismatic Christian don't feel anything kind of background. And Mm -hmm. he's just bawling in the group. And I asked him at one point, I said, have you, talk with your wife about any of this? And he said, no, I really haven't. I said, is she home now? Because it's all on Zoom. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, she is. I said, you know what? We've still got about 45 minutes left in group. Why don't you go talk to her right now while Mm -hmm. we're here to talk about how. So he left group while he was still full of feeling, Mm -hmm. went and talked to his wife and came back and was Mm -hmm. able to then talk with the group. So it's sort of a neat use of Zoom because you couldn't do that if that wasn't. And again, so then we were able to process as a group how that had gone. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of stories like that of people sort of doing, and that's why I was saying the first step is to talk with other guys about it first. So it was a great example of using the group to open the feelings then taking them back to his primary relationship and then being able to process how that had gone back in the group. That was just like a perfect example of how that had gone.
0: It feels like what you're describing to me uh, with the group with men is that once we emotionally open up to other men and see that it's okay.
1: Yeah. And learn how to do it.
0: And learn how to do it the judgment because I I feel like a lot of men are and I love what you said emotionally constricted. I Mm -hmm. love that uh, saying I love that. Um, I feel like a lot of men are emotionally constricted, especially when dealing with women um, because they don't want other men to perceive them as the the cool term. It's not a cool term, but the young people say simp, right? It's not to be perceived as a simp, as somebody who is weak, Yep. And uh, being controlled by a woman, so this yeah. group allows them to open up with other men, so that fear of being judged by other men, yeah, is yeah. gone. So now they can confront women,
1: and it and it really works. I, I don't know about confront, but but you know they they it's yeah, not, like they address yeah, but it. They, there. Yeah, they they learn. It's like they learn a skill, and they learn to be comfortable with themselves. So a lot of what happens in relationships and with men and women relationship is that women are much more practiced at emotional relationships than men are because mm-hmm. they're off with each other practicing all kinds of feelings and relationships. They're, you know, they're doing all that stuff while we're playing football, mm-hmm. right? So then we come together. We don't know what the hell they're talking about mm-hmm. and and we're we're way at a disadvantage. And so we lock down because mm. we don't like being at a disadvantage. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like an away game for us, right. right? It's not only an away game, it's an away game in Philadelphia. You know, the crowd is hostile. <laughs> the crowd right. is hostile, right? <laughs> yes. my, my son lives in Philly, and he just invited me to come to watch the game where Harden's coming back to Philadelphia for the first time. Oh, right? goodness, that's okay? going to be So that's, that's what it's yeah. like for men mm-hmm. in an emotional argument for women. It's an away game and Harden's back, you know? So it's like, we're very uncomfortable right so but when you when you practice those skills with other men then it then it feels like a home game or at least a friendly away game, you know, and you feel more comfortable it's not It's not hostile territory
0: I feel this conversation is not only important to the males the males in my audience but also to the females who yes. have a difficult time understanding yes. why the men that they date are have a hard time expressing themselves. Absolutely. Um Okay, so that was a triumph where the the gentleman yeah. who was emotionally constricted um opened up to his wife. Um what are some of the the failures where it just doesn't just doesn't work out for some men?
1: Well, I don't you know, I don't know as much about the failures because with the failures guys just don't stick in the group and so I don't mm-hmm. I don't get to learn as much about why I just know it didn't It didn't stick. That um, you know, I think probably most of the failures are on me, in that probably either they weren't ready for group or I didn't do enough. Typically, I work with people individually before I put them in a group, Mm -hmm. and so probably it's just I made the wrong call. They weren't ready. I, I have interestingly, I have two people in group now who I put in group A, and they didn't do well at all. I took them out. And then sometime later, put in group B, and they're doing quite well. And what so, what is the
0: difference between the two groups? It's just it's different they, people. They vibe with the different personalities either, in group either B. That,
1: either that, or they had some more time to do some more work individually. And then, so it's hard to say, you know, why, but they're both doing really well in the other group.
0: OK, that's good. OK, so you can't speak to specifics because you said that, you know, they either leave and you kind of don't know why. But I, if you I were to track. Yeah. If you were to theorize why they would drop from the group and no longer continue, what would some of those theories be?
1: I, my theory would be that I did. I made the wrong call. Just they you weren't all on you. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it's my job to know when people are ready for group, and so if it didn't go well, yeah, I think it is on me.
0: Okay, all right. Um, okay, so I, I don't know if you could talk to talk specifically about the gentleman that uh, was emotionally constricted and in the Zoom call went to go talk to his wife, but uh, if you can, how did that turn out?
1: It turned out great. I mean, I think yeah. she was delighted that that he was being that he came to her in such an open, vulnerable state. And shared that with her. I think she was delighted and he was delighted because it's like the pump was prime, mm-hmm. you know, he came to the conversation. The pump was already prime. Okay. So
0: men are in this men group. They're learning valuable skills as far as emotional communication for that gentleman, you said, Hey, I think this is the time. Why don't you go and talk to your partner? when is it, when do you advise the men in in these groups to go and talk to their partners? At what point is there, is it just, you see something in them or is it, you know, trigger comments that they make where you say they've, they've turned that corner?
1: I think anytime you can do it in group, you can do it at home. I think if, if you're able to do it in group, you're able to do it at home. Cause it's not like you're going to talk about it once at home. It's not like it's not like the big performance one and done. You're going to be talking about it at home again and again and again. So I think as soon as you've talked about it in, in group, you're ready to talk about it at home. I mean, the idea is you want to get in the habit of talking about it at home. And so take, take a shot because if it, whatever part goes well, great. Whatever part doesn't go well, bring it back to group and let's talk about why it
0: And, and what, uh, do you have any scenarios or situations in which men, uh, took their experiences from the group and they went to go speak to their significant other and it didn't go well? And what were some of the reasons why it didn't go well?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, it happens all the time, but it's as that's as valuable as it going well, because there's as much to learn, Mm -hmm from it not going well, um, as it going well, because when it doesn't go well, when you learn, so it's, it's like, it's like the difference between live and recorded, you know, when when you, when you come to therapy and talk about all the things that didn't go well five years ago in your life, you're like, yeah, I don't really understand that. But you come to therapy and say yesterday, Mm -hmm. here's what happened with like, oh, that's kind of live or close to live. And it's much more, it's got a lot more energy and we're really more likely to be able to make some changes with that because it just happened.
0: Right. And you can learn more from your failures than you can from your
1: successes. Yes, absolutely.
0: So when, when the men in these groups, they come to you and they say, Dr. Weiss, I think, I think I'm ready to talk to my girlfriend, wife, partner. Do you suggest to because they typically come to you and like you described in the first segment, they're saying uh, you know these women have all these problems with me, right? So there there are legitimate problems that these women have, right? Okay, it could even be a list. Okay, it can even be a list probably problems that women have with these men. Do you tell them okay, let's ease you into this. Let's tackle the thing that is. That would cause the less, the least amount of confrontation? Or do you say, you know what, go in, not guns a blazing, because this isn't a confrontation. You corrected me earlier, and you were right about that. It's not a confrontation. It's a conversation. Uh, So how do you tell them to approach this conversation or to approach this talk?
1: I'm not interested in the list, um, and I wouldn't start with the list at all. I'm interested in how it goes between you and me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in the process, not the list. Mm. So, so the list will never go well until we figure out a, be- a better process between the two of us. So mm. the conversation that we need to have is, how are you and I going to talk about our disagreements? Before mm. we get to the content of the disagreements, mm. we need to figure out how we're going to talk about our disagreements.
0: So setting, <laughs> to use your analogy about sports and games, setting uh-huh. rules to the games, um, to the game. Y-
1: yeah, not quite rules, but more. Um, so like I just taught a class, an online class right before this. And the woman brought an example and she said, you know, how do, <laughs> how do I get my boyfriend to think I'm not criticizing him when I'm criticizing him? Was basically what her question was. <laughs> okay. And I said, well, don't criticize him. But she said, when, when I, what was the word she used? It was some new phrase that I wasn't, when, when I asked for an adjustment, hmm. I'm like, that sounds like another word for a criticism, you know, and the adjustment she wanted was when she dated someone and he wanted to split the bill and she preferred that he pay for it. Hmm. And I said, well, why, why? why are you entitled to ask him to pay? Like, why, why do you get to ask him to pay for it? Like that's, that's a criticism. You're telling me should pay for you. That's, there's no way to dress that up. That's, you can't dress that pig up and make it look like, so I said, so that you, you can't, you can't dress that up and make it look, not look like a criticism because it is a criticism. Mm -hmm. So the, sometimes these things are not ever going to get dressed up because they are critical. Right. So there's that category, which is it doesn't matter how you dress it up. It's just a criticism. And then you could look at, so I'm going to do a sidebar here. Okay. The, pr- the project I'm working on now, because I got really interested by how often men say, my wife is critical of me all the time and she keeps moving the goalposts and it doesn't matter. When I, when I do the five things on the list, she's got five more. So I started wondering like, What is that about? So now I'm working on a project, and any women listening to the show are welcome to email me and participate in this research. I'm interviewing women about what did you learn from your mother about men? What did your mother teach you? (laughs) See, it, for, those are, for those
0: that are those that are listening on the audio that didn't see my face in the video, <laughs> it
1: was uh, it was like, Oh, you're opening up a, a can a of ma- worms here. It was a, it was a major pucker. It was a yeah, pucker. You
0: open up a can of worms here, but let's do it. Let's go yeah, for it. Yeah,
1: right. So yeah, like not just from what she said to you, but from what she modeled in the way she treated your father. What did mm. you what did you learn from her about men? Because a lot of women are critical because they watch their mothers be critical towards their fathers and Mm. in you know in the way they behave towards their fathers. so this is a multi-generational thing so going coming back to your example which i've half forgotten but you'll help me remember it
0: with the the guy right yeah the guy
1: yeah guy So rather than address the list, which is going to go nowhere fast, it's just going to be a dog chasing its tail. What I would have him say to her is not, you know, how often I take out the trash or anything. I would be like, I would like us to talk about the way we talk with each other when there's something going on with me that you're unhappy with. I don't want to Mm. talk about the garbage. I don't want to talk about the this and the that and the this. I would like for us to find a better way to talk with each other when there's something going on that you're unhappy with. Cause I don't, the way you do it now makes me feel criticized and resentful. Like when you, the way you talk to me about the garbage now, it'd be the last, it'd be a hell would freeze. Oh, before I take out the garbage. <laughs> so that's not working. Mm-hmm. So, um, You don't get what you want and I don't get what I want. So let's, surely we can find a better way because I don't think the garbage is really what's on your mind. So let's see if we can figure out when you're talking to me about the garbage, I think something else is really on your mind. So let's see if we can have a deeper conversation, a better conversation, a more personal conversation. What's really bugging you? And I think what she would say is something like, you know, I feel like I am the only goddamn grown-up in the family. You think mm-hmm. you? I feel like you're a little child. I feel like you don't even notice that the garbage. I feel like you leave everything up to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be the only grown-up in the house. I want you to notice that the garbage. I don't want to be in this by myself, and um, I don't want you to act like one of the children. So I, and then now we're having a real conversation. Okay, baby, I don't want you to feel like the only baby. See, I say baby. So how come men call women baby? That's part of it. Like, right? Um, now we could have a real conversation because now we're not talking about the stupid garbage and you're not just mad at me all the time. Now I be, have some understanding of why you're mad at me all the time. And I have some chance of maybe getting underneath the garbage and talking about what you're really angry about. And maybe I could do something about it so I don't walk around eggshells all the time because I might understand what it is that's really going on.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting that you're bringing it up because a lot of time it's the dynamics in the relationships. <laughs> and a lot of that is learned mm-hmm. from the generational, as you said. Yeah. Uh, so many, I have so many guy friends who are, are married and I'm like, well, how do you help out around the house? Well, I'll do whatever she tells me to do. I'm like, yeah, but like, yeah, see, start I'm right pretty, pretty sure she wouldn't want to. Yeah. help
1: out around the house, yeah. like it's I
0: her was house. Like, she's, yeah, it's pretty sure that she would really like it if you like took some initiative so that she didn't have to do that. Because I'm not saying all fathers are like this, but for the most part, if you look throughout history, moms are a lot more involved in the day-to-day actions of children's lives, of getting them yeah. up yeah. and ready and prepared uh, than men are. And I can see how women would would say it's like having another child.
1: That's right. All the research says when women moved in large numbers into the workforce, that men, by and large, didn't do any more at home. So women ended up doing the same amount of work at home and working outside the home. So why wouldn't they be pissed off? Mm -hmm. They have every right to be pissed off. So by and large, families have not made that adjustment. And obviously- some rethinking has to go on there. So Mm -hmm. either you're gonna walk around, as a guy, either you're gonna walk around the wife who is pissed off and resentful, and by the way, doesn't wanna have sex with you because she's pissed off and resentful all the time, or you're gonna talk about it and try to Mm -hmm. figure out something that's more equitable. And you know, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I. one of my friends
0: said to me that he found out he gets more action from his wife when he just takes the initiative around the house. Oh, hell yes. And and I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, you're taking a load off of her. Of She's gonna be more appreciative. She's gonna wanna do things with you as opposed to her doing absolutely everything all the time, being tired, and then you asking and, for and, and, and you a reward.
1: It, well, you're gonna treat her like a maid and then and then I mean, unless right. you have sex with the maid, you know, which is well right. Yeah, well, you know, but Um, a a very wise person once said uh, the thing men don't understand is that foreplay starts the moment you wake up in the morning. mm, I like that. I like that.
0: Okay. Um, We bashed men for a quick segment there, but I I want to get your advice. You gave a little bit, uh, but I want to get your advice to the women out there, to those men that are coming to them and being vulnerable. Because I have some female friends of mine that are just like, I don't want no sensitive man. And I'm like, sensitive is him expressing himself? Like, if you don't want any guy to show emotion and you just want a hard guy all the time, you're going to get a hard guy all the time. So what can we tell the women out there uh, as far as being more open to men being vocal with their vulnerability and their emotions?
1: Well, this is an interesting question. never gotten that question before. I imagine that a woman who doesn't want a tender, vulnerable guy is a woman who has been traumatized and is afraid of her own tender vulnerability would be the only reason I can think that a woman would feel that way. Hmm. And so I would say you should probably think about getting yourself a therapist to figure out (laughs) why you're so afraid of your own vulnerability.
0: I'm not going to point out who that was directed towards, but you know who you are.
1: <laughs> well, you said earlier you have three best friends and one of them's a woman, so I, I could guess.
0: I, I'm I I'm not I'm not saying it's directly her. I'm not and I'm I'll be honest. I'm a little afraid of her. <laughs>
1: um, but I can't Dr. think Weiss, of else, yeah.
0: Is there anything that that you would like to include? Or anything that you would like to say to the audience before I let you go?
1: Yes. If you will go to my website, which is, uh, hopefully you have it in the notes for the show. Yeah,
0: there'll be in the notes. But if you
1: will go there, um, you will find my mailing list. And I encourage you to sign up there because you will get copies. I I do write pretty frequently for Psychology Today. And I write on all kinds of stuff. And uh, you will get copies of everything I write. And uh, I also respond to all emails that I get. Uh, you, within 24 hours, if you email me and don't hear back, it's because it's I didn't get your email. Um, and for so, a lot
0: of women out there, contact Dr. Weiss because he's doing some research and he could use your help.
1: That's right. That's right. If you want to be interviewed on that topic of what you learned from your mom about men, I will set up a time and talk with you about that and we will have a good time.
0: Dr. Weiss, this has been an absolute pleasure. I know my, my audience has well. really learned something. Both Good. men and women. I've yes. definitely learned a lot, and we're going to do some <laughs> self-evaluation today. Well, you were, uh, but great. Just, you
1: were willing to just jump right in there yourself with it right away. I appreciate that.
0: Well, on unsolicited perspectives, I—that's uh, what we do. We talk about topics that that need to be addressed to improve society. And me personally, uh, my partner in crime, uh, my sister that that does a show with me the sibling happy hour has made it a point that i need to be more vulnerable on this show it's not really good for me to interview people and not be interview people
1: and they tell me about
0: themselves and then i not address myself on my own show you tell her
1: i said you get an a plus on that today
0: okay all right i'm gonna text her right after this and say okay dr weiss said i'm making improvements No, I said A plus.
1: I didn't say improvement. I said
0: A plus. A plus. A plus. So once again, thank you. It's been my pleasure having on the show. I
1: enjoyed
0: it. All right. Wow. You know, I say this after all of my interviews, but and I'm somebody who really likes to learn. So having people, having experts to come on the show and talk about different topics and learn is something that I really get excited about. And this was a topic that I know that both men and women can really truly benefit from if they listen and get out of their own way. And you know what I mean by that. Some men are going to say, well, this is all simp talk. This is not how men are. We've been fed a lie there is nothing normal and nothing healthy about repressing our emotions and just jamming them down and never addressing them. That's the reason why men are passing away and high blood pressure leading to strokes and heart attacks because we're not letting go of some of these things that are, uh, hold us down. And it was really interesting uh, listening to Dr. Weiss talk about how even men that are not alcoholics, some of them were, but even men that weren't alcoholics were letting go of alcohol. Because my impression is that they're using that as a crutch, as most substances are, using that as a crutch because they can't deal with the issues. And the reason why they can't deal with the issues, the issue is emotions. Emotions suck. I mean, I mean, they hurt. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to deal with emotions. Most people want to push that away and not have to deal with it because addressing your emotions is some real pain. There's physical pain and there's emotional pain. And we've all experienced emotional pain and we try to avoid it. We'll take physical pain over emotional pain most of the time. But emotional pain and addressing that is how we grow. That's how we evolve. That's how we get better. And who doesn't want to get better and be better in their relationships? And and this was focusing specifically on heterosexual men and and dealing with women, uh, but not addressing emotions no matter who you are or what walk of life you're in or who your partner is. Not addressing your emotions with family members or friends and repressing all that stuff. It's not good for you. better to go ahead and deal with it and i and i think that even though specifically we were talking about uh heterosexual relationships that a lot of element a lot of things that dr weiss said and a lot of uh tools that are used to to get these men and these men groups to open up and express themselves can be used by each and every one of us so once again i want to thank dr weiss for such a enlightening and uh very Inspiring conversation. Um, to know that there are people out there really, really doing their work Freedom, and trying to get better. Uh, if you want to get more information uh, from Dr. Weiss, once again, the book is titled "Hidden in Plain Sight: How Men's Fears of Women Shape Their Intimate Relationships." Down in the com, down in the description section, you'll get uh, his. Uh, website. Uh, you can go to the website and email him. Women, once again, he's looking for people to have uh, interviews with to help him with his research. Reach out to him. Uh, sign up for his newsletter. Buy the book. Really, buy the book. You're trying to improve upon yourself and try to make yourself a better person. But I want to thank him once again for coming on the show. I want to thank you all for listening and watching. And until next time, as always, I'll woo That was a hell of a show. Thank you for rocking with us here on Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Now, before you go, don't forget to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast wherever you're listening or watching it to it. Pass it along to your friends. If you enjoy it, that means the people that you rock with will enjoy it also. So share the wealth, share the knowledge, share the noise. And for all those people that say, well, I don't have a YouTube. If you have a Gmail account, you have a YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can actually watch our video podcast but the real party is on our patreon page after hours uncensored and talking is straight ish after hours uncensored is another show with my sister and once again the key word there is uncensored those are exclusively on our patreon page jump onto our website at unsolicited for all things us that's where you can get all of our audio video our blogs and even buy our merch and if you really feel ingenuous and want to help us out, you can donate on our donations page. Donations go strictly to improving our software and hardware so we can keep giving you guys good content that you can clearly listen to and that you can clearly see. So any donation would be appreciated. Most importantly, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and watching and supporting us. And I'll catch you next time. Audi 5000. Peace.